If you have your uh, order of worship, just underneath the uh, title and the text uh, for today is, uh, well, there's a series of bullet points. I hope you'll follow along. Um, This, again, is if you're doing the Beatitudes in your private uh, study time at home, maybe these will be uh, helpful to you. Lady Gaga. This is, uh, yeah, I think this is 39 years I've been preaching. I've never begun with Lady Gaga. This is the first time. (laughs) But she and Bradley Cooper uh, in the movie, uh, A Star is Born, which is, I think, the third uh, version of that movie, sang a song titled Shallow. Part of it reads like this. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world or do you need more? Tell me something, boy. Are you tired trying to fill that void, or do you need more? More along uh, my lines, uh, Bono and you too, they sang, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Anybody know that song? And then Sugarland, the music, uh, kind of a country group from a few years ago, sang, there's, there's got to be something more. Got to be more than this. So when I say this morning that there's a, there are a lot of people experiencing a void and emptiness, it's not just a preacher talk. This void, this emptiness is so pervasive that they even write songs about it, that people are looking for more. Today we come to the fourth beatitude. We've heard, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed. Last week we looked at the words of Jesus, blessed are the meek. And today, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There's a theory about preaching that says you should tell them what you're going to tell them, and tell them, and tell them what you told them. So that's what I'm going to do today. So what I'm going to tell you is recognize what your soul longs for and pursue it. Recognize what your soul longs for and pursue it. So that's, that's the first stage. Now stage two won't go quite that quickly. Stage two, I'm going to tell you. So recognize what your soul longs for. What, what does your soul long for? Well, you and I have lots of desires and lots of preferences and lots of needs, but the deepest longing of the human soul is for righteousness. So what is Righteousness. Well, righteousness is rightness. It is as it should be-ness. And there's both a vertical and a horizontal element to this rightness, to this as it should be-ness. There's a vertical righteousness, and that's, of course, our relationship with our Creator and Father. So, it's behavior, it is righteous behavior to be sure, but that Good behavior grows out of of having our morals and, and, and values in sync with our Father and Creator. So in this vertical rightness, our relationship with God is as it should be. And our hearts beat with His heart. Our morals, our values reflect His morals, His values, His standards. So to be righteous is to be right 
this way, but it is also to be right this way. In some translations of the New Testament, those words of Jesus that are translated in in my version that reads, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, in some translations it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Now that's not just justice for the person who's committed a crime, but it is fairness among everybody, no matter whether he or she is rich or poor, no matter the hue of their skin, no matter the accent of their tongue, that we be fair, that we treat people fairly, and that we make sure that we do everything we can that people are treated fairly. That too is righteousness. It is, there's a vertical and there's a horizontal. So Jesus said, joy that nobody and nothing can take away belongs to the one who hungers and thirsts for as it should be-ness and works hard to see it happen. But aren't there things, Travis, other things that can fill the longings of my soul? Aren't there lots of things that could fill that emptiness? No one could answer that better than St. Augustine, or Augustine as he's often called, the 4th century Christian leader and theologian. Augustine was born in A.D. 354 in North Africa. He wrote eventually his spiritual autobiography titled Confession. And on the first page of Confessions, he wrote this line, maybe the most quoted line outside the New Testament. God, you created us for yourself or thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. You created us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And here's the rest of the story. He was born into, uh, his, his father was a pagan, his mother was Roman Catholic Christian. Remember, it's 354 A.D. He was, Augustine was something of a split personality. Part of him was rather hedonistic. He almost worshipped pleasure. He'd do anything for a good time. When he was 18, uh, his girlfriend bore their child. He, he, he just wanted to, to be happy and have fun, and, and he pursued pleasure. But there was another part of him that sincerely wanted spiritual truth. He wanted to know what is true and good. And, and so but he was an excellent academician. He studied all the world's leading philosophies. He, he studied the world's great religions, drank deeply at their wells. But in his early 30s, he was still struggling. If he had heard Lady Gaga ask, boy, are you tired trying to fill that void, he would have answered, yes. He would have sung with Bono, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. He would have sung with Sugarland. there's got to be something more, got to be more than this. And so he went to a park and heard a mystical voice that sounded like the voice of a child, the source of which he never knew. But he heard this voice, and it said, take up and read. Well, that's odd. But he looked down, and there was a Bible. So he picked up his Bible, and I can't remember if he opened it or it was already open, but he read Romans 13. Verses 13 and 14, that warn against 
empty pleasures, and it mentions things like drunkenness and sexual immorality. And it goes on to say, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus and don't think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. It was the great aha moment for Augustine. He had been chasing things that could not satisfy, but in that moment he encountered Jesus and, and his soul was filled. To that point, up to that point in his life, Augustine had been building cisterns that leak. Well, what does that mean? Look on, oh, I think it's the third bullet down is Jeremiah 2.13. Many people have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. When we lived in Nigeria as missionaries, we had a huge cistern, uh, as big nearly, well, about as, the same size as this platform. And in the rainy season, we would pump water into that cistern, and then in the dry cistern, we would pump water out of the cistern into the house, because there was hardly no other source uh, for water. So we depended, really depended, on that cistern. If that cistern had leaked, we would have been in big trouble. So God says to his people, don't build cisterns that leak. The cisterns that leak are, you know, cars and corner offices. Don't, they don't really satisfy. The titles and trophies, they don't really satisfy. Wages and wardrobes, they don't really satisfy. Many of us build cisterns that leak. They, like Miss Kristen said, sports entertain you for a while, and video games entertain you for a while, but they don't, they don't satisfy. St. Augustine found something that finally found something that satisfied. So we, we build cisterns that leak, and they don't satisfy, and sometimes Sometimes we pursue things that not only are unsatisfying, but they are downright dangerous. I was watching the Discovery Channel uh, one night and saw an episode of I Shouldn't Be Alive. And it was, uh, let me get the names right, it was Brad Kavanaugh and Deborah Scaling Kiley. They were, these were the two who survived a, a, a yacht wreck. In 1982, they, they and three others got on a yacht up in Maine and sailed down the eastern coast. Off the coast of South Carolina, they ran into a terrible storm, shipwreck, yacht was actually broken in two. Uh, they, they got onto this inflatable rubber boat, five of them, 12 feet long, inflatable boat. One of them died pretty quickly from um, injuries, sustained, in injuries sustained during the storm. Four of them now floating with no, no shade, the sun beating down on them. They're terribly thirsty. They're terribly hungry. And their thirst is so acute that two of them decided to drink the ocean water. The other two, Brad and Deborah, pleaded with them, don't drink that water, but they were so thirsty. And so they drank, and they drank, and they drank, and they drank so much that their, 
They experienced terrible dehydration and then began to hallucinate. And in their hallucination, they were close enough to the shore to swim ashore, and they jumped out and they, and they drowned. Five days later, the other two were, were found. My point is that our soul is so thirsty that sometimes we'll, we'll try to satisfy that thirst that with things that not only will not satisfy, but that are downright dangerous. You know, lots of people so thirsty, so hungry to be loved, so thirsty, so hungry to be affirmed that they make really bad decisions jumping in this bed and that bed and making life-altering decisions, not only things that won't satisfy, but that are really dangerous. Others of us who, who want so badly to, to make a lot of money, we violate our moral and ethical codes, and we get into trouble personally, professionally, maybe even legally, but we're so thirsty. Some of us want so badly to look important that we neglect or even hurt people who are really close to us. Making, we're so thirsty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, who, who understand what their souls are really hungry and thirsty for, as it should be, this, this way and that way, and who, who work hard for it. It's not, it's not cars and corner offices and titles and trophies, and it's not wages and wardrobes. Listen to this invitation. It's on your outline from God in Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Recognize what your soul longs for and pursue it. Our soul longs for righteousness, for as it should be, for rightness. But you can't just long for it. You've got to pursue it. Look at those next verses. Paul, twice, God inspires Paul to write to young Timothy, pursue righteousness. In 1 Timothy 6, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness. The second letter to Timothy, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. As it should be, this is both a longing for, with which we are born and something we must pursue. Our oldest son, Landon, was in college in uh, Newport News, Virginia, and he had fallen in love, or at least was falling in love with this girl he'd met at our church in Richmond, but she was in school down at in Bowie's Creek at uh, Campbell uh, uni University. What's there? I got an amen? Amen. Okay. <laughs> they haven't graduated a lot of outstanding uh, scholars, but you know, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Aaron's a big Campbell guy, so anyway. What was I talking about, Aaron, before you... Okay, so Landon's in love with a girl down at Campbell. He was, he was at work at the grill. He was, that, was, that was his college job at the grill on campus, and during a break, called Aaron. And somehow in that conversation, he was 
assuming too much. And she said, you don't have me yet. And he hung up and he said, boss, I got to go. It was in the middle of his shift. But he jumped in the car, which was my car, which he wrecked on the way home. But that's another, that's another story. He drove two and a half hours to the middle of nowhere in Bowie's Creek. And he found Aaron. And I asked him this week, I called him. And I just wanted to get the details right. I said, what did you say when he saw her? I don't remember, but it was something like, I'm sorry, and I'm an idiot. So he did, he did the right thing by telling her that. And wasn't long until they were engaged, wasn't long until they were married, wasn't long until they were giving us grandchildren, they're doing great. But here's the point. He couldn't just love her. He had to pursue her. Righteousness, rightness, as it should be-ness, is something that we are born with a hunger and thirst for. But you can't just hunger and thirst for it. You got to pursue it. So how do we pursue this vertical righteousness? Of course, you're doing part of it here. You're, you're gathered for worship and you're watching by television and you're worshiping with us. That's part of it. But you, we pursue righteousness with fellowship with people we, we don't maybe have a lot otherwise in common with and maybe people we don't always agree with, but we choose fellowship and and privately and publicly in, in Bible study classes and at home, we study the, the, the Word of God, we, we pray, we talk to God, we, we pursue this vertical relationship, and then we pursue fairness this way so that we do everything we can to make sure people are treated fairly, and we speak up when they are not, and we develop relationships with people that are not like us. We cross boundaries and barriers, and we, we, have, we pursue. You can't just, you can't just feel it. You've got to pursue it. Know what your soul longs for and pursue it. But Travis, what if I, what if I pursue this and it doesn't work? What if I look for this filling for my soul and I don't find it? Well, there's some beautiful promises on your outline from Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you, give you the desires of your heart, the inborn deep desires of your heart. And this beautiful promise from Deuteronomy 4, if you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him and with all your heart and with all your soul. And God said in Proverbs 8, those who seek me, find me. Former President Jimmy Carter is in the final chapter of his life. He's 98 years old. And whatever you think of Carter's politics, he's a deeply devoted follower of Jesus. And he wrote a wonderful book titled Living Faith. He told about a, an incident when he was a boy. He and one of his friends had gone fishing. And they had such a good time, they stayed too late. It began to get dark. They were walking through the woods home. It got dark. They got lost. They, were began, they found themselves going in circles. And they got scared. And Jimmy Carter said, I was afraid to see my daddy because I knew he'd be disappointed but he said, that's also what I wanted more than anything else. I was afraid to see Daddy, but I wanted to see Daddy. And they wandered until they saw the lights of a, a farm, and they went up and to, to the house and told them who they were and what had happened. And the kind farmer said he'd take them home. He, so he put them in his mule-drawn wagon, and they headed down the country road of rural Georgia. On the road, they, they met the headlights of Mr. Carter. Jimmy Carter's father, 
He got out of the mule-drawn wagon, got in the pickup with his father, and they didn't say a word all the way home. It's interesting to me that while Jimmy was looking for his daddy, his daddy was looking for Jimmy. When they got home, his daddy turned to him and said, I thought you knew more about the woods than to get lost. But then he reached out his arms, Jimmy Carter wrote, toward me, and I rushed to hug him. I knew I deserved to be chastised, but being in my father's arms was one of the most joyful and memorable experiences. For a few hours, without either of us knowing where the other was, there had been a vacuum in our lives. Isn't that interesting? Not just my life. While Jimmy Carter's looking for his dad, his dad's looking for him. This is the, this is the I think maybe the most beautiful truth of the morning. There is a, there is a God-shaped place in your heart, but there's a U-shaped place in God's heart. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's something in you that, that nothing else can fill. But isn't it cool that God is not, God's not happy without you? Just while you're looking for him, he's looking for you. Blessed are those who understand what the deep longings of their soul are and who, who pursue them. But here's the bad news and good news. Bad news is we won't ever be completely filled here because we will never be completely righteous here, not on earth. We'll never quite get it right vertically. We'll never quite get it right horizontally. And so our, our filling will be somewhat incomplete. But there's a place. And I think it's the last bullet on your, uh, on, on that in, on, in, in your worship guide from Revelation 7. And it's so beautiful how God brings his word together. And in the last book of the Bible, sort of just pulls it all back together. He says, there they will never hunger and they'll never thirst. <sighs> Finally. Filled. So Jesus said, joy that nobody and nothing can take away belongs to those who, who understand what their soul longs for and will chase it. We'll work for it. We'll pursue it. And who live with the blessed assurance that there is a place beyond our last breath on earth. For those of us whose hope is in Jesus and not in our own goodness, those who's, who've placed our hope for Jesus in this world and in the next, there is a place where we don't hunger anymore, we don't thirst anymore. And the old gospel song is right. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And only he can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy. 
and heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Would you see if you can sing that with me? I think a lot of you could. Could we sing it? Only Jesus can satisfy your soul and only he can change your heart and make you whole and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy and heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul.